Chapter Sixteen of Teddy Bears by Ada Louise Sutton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Sixteen: The Twins Abscond. Delighted with their new-found shoot the shoots, the twins hastily climbed the stairs to try it again and yet again. Finally, rolling off the banisters and landing on the soft fur rug at the foot of the stairs breathless and too tired to try even one more climb. Squatting together in the dim light from the hall lamp that was always left burning all night, they suddenly remembered that they had started to run away, and immediately began to discuss the question of ways and means. Papa Doctor's big, fur-lined coat, that he always wore when going out to night calls during the severe weather, hung on the hat-rack, and the cubs knew that its side-pockets were huge, and that a teddy-bear might easily find refuge therein. While they were deliberating whether or no to seize this method of escape from the house, their decision was hastened by the sound of the telephone ringing furiously. It was a call for Papa Doctor, and in a moment he was heard hurrying about in the room overhead as he sprang into his clothes. The cubs hesitated no longer, but, swarming up the sides of the greatcoat, they dove one into each pocket, and lay there, quaking with fright, as Papa Doctor came running downstairs, hastily struggled into his coat, pulled his sealskin cap down over his ears, and hurried away, pulling on his gloves as he went. Whither lay his route, the cubs, of course, were unable to divine. They rode for some distance in a streetcar, and then there was a short walk, a run up a flight of steps, and Papa Doctor was ringing the bell at the door of a cheap apartment house, a fact which the cubs discovered by poking their heads one out of each pocket. They grinned at the thought of how astonished the doctor would be could he know what he was carrying along with his pills and powders but they quickly subsided as the front door swung open all by itself, a habit that the front doors of flat houses usually follow, and the doctor ran quickly upstairs, up and up and up, five flights to the very top. Here a light streamed into the hall from an open door, and an anxious, white-faced woman ran to meet him and while he divested himself of his heavy outer garments and went to work over a dangerous attack of croup, the twins slid warily each out of his respective pocket and slipped, trembling, to their usual refuge under the bed. Finally, after an hour's hard work, the little patient was left in a satisfactory condition, Dr. North promising to return early next morning, and after a little, all preparations for the night were concluded, and quiet reigned in the little flat. For a while the cubs remained quietly where they were, but as they were not accustomed to sleeping on the hard floor, they speedily concluded to seek for a softer spot. They knew that their father always slept in Sally's bed, so without any more ado, as all was now dark and still, they climbed up on the bed, rooted their way underneath the bedclothes, and were soon snugly and soundly fast asleep. 
It was such a poor, plain, tiny room into which the jolly, smiling face of the round red sun peeped the next morning. But his face grew several shades less jolly, and his smile a trifle less broad, as he noted the thin little face on the pillow, and the outline of the poor little twisted limb lying stiffly under the spotless bedclothes. Jimmy Boy sighed and stirred feebly, wakening slowly, weak and worn out after the terrible struggle of the night before. Presently his eyes opened, and the very first thing they fell upon was two pairs of round, golden-brown ears sticking up out of the bedclothes. The little fellow raised himself slowly on his elbow, and his thin little hand crept forth uncertainly and slowly drew first one cub and then the other from beneath the quilt. Delight and amazement contended on his wistful little face, and he called for his mother in a tone that brought her running from the wee kitchen where, since daybreak, she had been busily working at the fine sewing that kept Jimmy Boy and herself out of the poorhouse. Together they admired and speculated over the cubs, theorizing over their strange advent, and finally deciding that Dr. North must have surreptitiously smuggled them in as a new kind of medicine for his little patient. But when Dr. North arrived, some time later, he disclaimed all knowledge of the twins. The city was full of teddy bears, and all the little chaps looked alike to him, and it never in the world occurred to him that they could be the property of his small daughter. Their coming remained wrapped in mystery that caused Mrs. Gray no little uneasiness. However, as Jimmy Boy was feeling much better, and Dr. North decided that there would probably be no return of last night's paroxysm, she resigned herself to the pleasure of seeing her frail little son enjoying his play with the jolly-looking bears, hoping devoutly they would not disappear as mysteriously as they had arrived. She sat beside his bed, her slender hands busy with her sewing, while her soft brown eyes smiled approval on the happiness of her boy. Jimmy Boy was eight years old, but he had never walked. That he never would walk had been the verdict of several physicians, but Dr. North, who was deeply interested in the case, was beginning to fancy that he saw a tiny ray of light, so very faint, however, that he forbore to express his idea even to Jimmy Boy's mother. All that day the twins sat stiffly upon Jimmy Boy's bed, while his active little brain invented queer games in which his imagination made them take an active part. While he talked aloud, first for one and then for the other, in a queer little growling voice, which he varied from time to time accordingly as it represented one cub or the other. At last he fell asleep with the twins clasped close to him, having passed a happier day than any that he could remember in many a long year. As soon as it was quite safe to do so, the cubs wriggled out of the child's embrace and started out to investigate their new surroundings, and, above all, to find, if possible, something to put into their clamoring little stomachs. 
it did not take very long to go over the territory included in two small rooms. Mrs. Gray slept beside Jimmy Boy's bed in an astounding arrangement that shut up in the daytime and imposed itself upon a credulous public as a shabby chest of drawers, which the cubs regarded with unqualified amazement, as they had never before beheld such a contrivance. They could see no good reason why the thing did not shut up and flatten out its occupant, and indeed rather expected to see that event take place at any moment. Teddy bears, however, never lose any time in speculation, and the cubs turned their attention to the kitchen, being very much disgusted that the only available light consisted of an oil lamp, an article which, like the folding bed, they had never before encountered, and of which they were proportionately afraid. With the aid of a box of matches, however, they raided the larder, a very slender one indeed, but they discovered a couple of fresh eggs intended for Jimmy Boy's breakfast, and a bottle of rather blue-looking milk. The eggs they sucked greedily, and, after drinking all the milk they wished for, upset the remainder on the floor. They were greatly disgusted at being obliged to put up with such short rations, and resolved as soon as practicable to leave the place where they could find so very little that was congenial. They had about concluded to go to bed, when suddenly, without the slightest warning, and like a bolt from a clear sky, something happened that very nearly put an end to their careers for good and all. Suddenly, out of the darkness, apparently from nowhere at all, sprang a huge gray cat, eyes flaming and tail high in the air, that leapt upon the terrified cubs, and seizing Jerry by the back of the neck, shook him as he often had shaken a rat. Billy, the big coon cat who was Jimmy Boy's dear friend and playmate, had been down in the cellar for several days, enjoying a protracted mouse hunt, and now, returning by devious ways best known to himself, had surprised the marauders at the very height of their evil doing. He was too full of fresh game to care anything about eating these queer-looking animals, besides which the flavor of Jerry's neck was anything but appetizing. But the lust of killing was in his blood, and he shook him fiercely, wondering greatly at the toughness of the creature, who was so much harder to dispatch than a rat. Oh, how Jerry screamed! Surely never before did Teddy Bear raised such a fearful racket. Luckily for him, Mrs. Gray was awakened by the noise and now came running out of the bedroom, just in time to prevent Jerry's complete undoing. "'Dear old Billy, you thought you were doing your duty,' she exclaimed, stroking the big fellow who was purring and rubbing against her, very proud indeed of what he had done, but on the whole somewhat piqued that he had not been permitted to complete the good work. As for Jerry, the chief damages that he had suffered seemed to be done to Sally's blue hair ribbon that still adorned his neck. Both he and Tom were extremely glad to be deposited in a place of safety high on the mantel shelf, 
there to remain until Jimmy Boy called for them in the morning. End of chapter 16